guys. Welcome back to Common and Courageous. This podcast is about all things adoption, family, friends, relationships. Um, So far, we have done about eight episodes and we have a lot of new listeners. So I thought it would be nice to walk through the conversations we've had, give a little more context as to why I decided to create this podcast and just say hello to everybody that's new and listening here. So I thought this would be a good place to uh, pause the conversations, reflect on the conversations had so far, and just talk about common and courageous. So going back to the beginning, I mentioned in this in the first podcast, and I really wanted to do something where I could talk about adoption. Um, I wanted... I had been listening to podcasts a lot on my own and on walks and really enjoyed having those outlets. And growing up, I think it would have been cool to have a such a thing as a podcast to talk about adoption Um, and to provide context with that. Myself and all my siblings are adopted and each have completely different stories when it comes to adoption with it being open, closed, adoption through foster. So those have been unraveled in the first few episodes of Common and Courageous with my mom, my sister, um, and myself. And then my dad will be coming on soon, which will be great perspective. Um, but I I had been praying and kind of looking for some sort of outlet uh, to flex my creative muscles. Um, and one day I was sitting in church at Reality L.A., And this girl named Emily came on stage and uh, was talking about looking for people to volunteer for adoption and um, be kind of a person to provide a perspective or just volunteer for the program that they had for for young girls that were considering adoption or just young teens. And I reached out and while it was a great connection, nothing really came of it. And I thought, well, why wait when I can just start having these conversations today and share my experience. And if it helps one person and one person listens, great. And I've been completely blown away. There's been way more than one person that has listened, which is just so cool. Um, But that was the reason I wanted to start it and kind of like the sign that I was looking for to get the extra push. And I haven't shared this yet, but I was like, okay, you know, I'll start the podcast And then shortly after that, I actually got laid off, which I was like, okay, God, I didn't mean take my job away. (laughs) But I do think that if I was working during that time, I don't think that I would have actually started it. And I say that because it's so easy to get caught up in your routine. And I was just in a routine of like, you know, exercising, walking my dog, spending time with my husband, my family, time on the phone with my friends, work. And then of course, just like, you know, mixing in some traveling and adventure. So I really do think that I always look back at things and I do believe things happen for a reason. Um, So rather than, there were definitely days where I was, you know, flustered and um, one of the many Americans impacted by a layoff. But I chose to take that and turn it into a positive, but there were definitely days where it was harder. So I don't want to sit here and be like, I was immediately able to turn it all to rainbows and butterflies because that's definitely not the case. There were certain days that were harder and easier than others, but 
Um, my husband ordered me this Sure microphone a few, like maybe a week after I was impacted by a layoff and was, he, you know, was really supportive and said, you should start your podcast. So that's, uh, how it came about. And I didn't actually decide on the name common and courageous until pretty much one week before I started recording and, or maybe even after the first recording, but we were driving out to Texas, which is where we now live. And I was like, it just kind of, I liked the idea of courage being mixed in the name because I think it takes a lot of courage to do something like adoption or foster or to even talk about those things. And I wanted the podcast to be a place where it could just go beyond adoption. I want to, I want to talk about things with your relationship with anxiety, your relationship with friends, family, a mom, sister, a sport, um, a disability. And we've, you know, had guests on, um, we've had Anna Claire and Shelby that have dived into really cool topics with disability, anxieties, OCD. And, um, I want everyone that listens to walk away from the podcast feeling uplifted and that they can, where they can find relate relatability and hear these courageous outlooks and, um, perspectives. So common and courageous is, I do think that while we go through experiences, unfortunately, most of the time, they're not uncommon. Um, and the more you open up to people, the more that you find community and that people have know or have been through something similar or um, can relate to it in some way. So that's why I chose the word common and then and courageous. So it's really special name to me and I cared a lot about creating the name. Um, I have no experience doing a podcast and I realize I say the word like a lot. I say um a lot and this is my first time doing one on my own too. So thanks for bearing with me. But yeah, it's been really fun to talk to people. And if you know anyone who would be interested in coming on the podcast, I'd love to know. Um, but yeah, the first episode was myself diving into my experience with adoption, which is an open adoption. Um, and then brought my mom on to kind of share how she had an infertility journey and why she got to the decision of even doing adoption. Um, and then brought my sister on who has a open adoption, meaning she does have a relationship with her biological family. Um, and I know them very personally. And then she actually came onto the podcast, Aubrey. So my sister's biological mom, um, came on to the podcast and talked about her journey with choosing adoption, but she's also had an abortion before. So that perspective was really unique. And I also want to say that this podcast is, these are about people's experiences. So in no way with any of these conversations, is it a expertise, um, you know, place where we're giving like factual information. This is people's experiences. So my goal again is for everyone to feel uplifted and to not feel shame or judgment regardless of the routes you've taken because everybody's circumstances are so different. I think very candidly, you know, because of my unique experience of having been adopted and having a chance at that, that's my personal perspective, but this isn't a place to harbor um, judgment or opinions on that. So thanks for just 
having grace and listening again to people's stories. Um, it's a huge part of my story and faith. And um, I'm just excited to continue to have conversations outside of adoption too. And I wanted to come on here today to just, I think there's been a few questions like, you know, is it about adoption or I'm not adopted, so I can't come on the podcast or talk with you on the podcast. But this is, it really is about all things like that fall under the buckets of relationship, family, and adoption. So under relationships, which is probably the broadest one that I chose for a reason, is yeah, again, like your relationship with your dog, your hobby, your friends, art, your photography, it could be anything. So I really want this, again, to be a place where you can find something that is relatable, uplifting, and supportive, and all-encompassing of just the ups and downs of life. So that's really what this podcast is about, and again, kind of what the name Common and Courageous means. And um, what else? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to... I definitely have had more females on the podcast, not out of any sort of reason. I just have probably more friends in my network with those stories to tell. And so I'm definitely looking for a different audience member. So again, if you know anyone um, who has an experience with something like this or who just um, would be interesting in sharing something, um, I'm very open to connecting. And... uh, I also thought it would be fun to pull up chat GPT because that is, you know, just a very powerful AI tool that I've honestly used quite a bit over the past, I would say since it came out, honestly, but I thought it'd be fun to ask chat GPT some questions and I haven't read any of these answers. So I'll process through these while talking to you. But the first one that I typed in was, how many Americans cannot have kids or have problems getting pregnant? Okay, so it says infertility. Approximately 10, 10 to 15% of couples in the U.S. were estimated to experience infertility. Um, and then infertility is defined as the inability to conceive after one year. Um, okay, so 10 to 15%. That's pretty... Um, I feel like infertility is becoming a more talked about topic and more people are leaning on each other. Um, So I I definitely think I actually thought it would be higher because I do have, you know, some friends going through that. And then the next question I asked was how many parents, this is all to chat GPT, by the way. So these are chat GPT answers. Again, these are totally from chat GPT not from what, pulling randomly, um, information. So this one is, I asked it how many parents consider adoption. And it gave me this list that said adoption is a significant and life-changing decision. So it can be considered by individuals and couples for various reasons, including infertility, desire to expand the family, personal or cultural, cultural reasons, foster care adoption, international adoption, and same-sex couples. So yeah, I, I've, a lot of people have actually asked me, are, are you going to adopt? Do you plan to adopt? Or when will you adopt? And absolutely, if I can adopt one day, I would love to. But adoption is not easy. It's very expensive and challenging. And so 
when I am in a place where not only finance financially, but like emotionally capable of doing that. I think my parents were 30 when they um, had me. So I think I'm definitely open to that. I think that there's not really a convenient time, in my opinion, to start a family or a right or wrong way at creating one. So I would love to, and I would love to give a kid in the U.S. a similar chance that I had. I know that statistically there is more people outside the U.S. that do need a second chance. I just, again, because of my personal experience, would love to pay it forward to another kid in the U.S. who needs that second chance. And I do think that, again, putting yourself in environments, you there probably is a kid in your neighborhood or community or within your radius that does need, um, you know, a chance at a family. So my husband and I have talked about that. Um, and I think that's probably the route in our minds we would go. But again, I don't want to force it. I also want to feel like it's the right time and that it happens organically. So you just don't know the cards you're going to be dealt in life. So I don't want to sit here and say like, this is exactly when we will or, or how it will be because I know that's just not how it works and relinquishing control of the ideas of that is I think really important, especially when there's other factors involved such as biological moms or, you know, in the foster system too that are so out of your control. And at the end of the day, the biological mom has most of, if not all the rights in, in a lot of those situations. So Yeah, I think, again, definitely something we'd like to do if we can and if that's what's meant to be. So that's that question. This next question, I said, how many Americans are adopted? And it said that according to the Census Bureau in 2010, approximately, so that was quite a while ago. That was like, gosh, like 13 years ago. So there were approximately 1.5 million adopted children under the age of 18 in the U S. Um, that's probably not including to a lot of people that might not know they're adopted because that's another question I get asked is, are you glad your parents told you you were adopted? Yes, absolutely. I think honesty and communication from the beginning and kids are really smart. So I don't, you know, um, I appreciate that they, my parents didn't undermine my ability to handle that information, especially, again, because all my siblings were adopted. It wasn't something they could really hide because that, that's really how I thought every family was built was through just being brought home and adopted. So that was my reality. But I do think for anyone considering, like, should I tell my child they're adopted my, again, personal opinion and experience on that is the truth is always going to come out. So, and you can either be a part of that or not a part of it. And I think that it can be really damaging if your whole reality of honesty and integrity isn't honest from the beginning with communication. So as challenging as it may be, or the it might bring more challenges into or questions um into that individual's life like the kid's life i think that again the ultimate way to build um i think trust with people is very honest communication especially when it comes to where you came from so 
that's my opinion on that. And again, these are these are experiences. So that's where I'm speaking from. I know every circumstance is 100% different. So people's experiences will vary on this as well. Um, okay. The next question I asked was, what percentage of Americans have an abortion? So this one is said that as of, and this is chat GPT, so these could be skewed, but it says as of my last knowledge, so funny that chat GPT like has a personality as of my last knowledge update in September, 2021, it says, um, the gut matcher or matcher Institute estimated that approximately 18% of pregnancies in the U S ended in abortion. I kind of like I'm reading these for the first time out loud as I type them in. So I feel like that number, I'm actually surprised it's at 18%. I probably would guess that it's a lot higher and that people just don't report it. So that's my guess on that. And again, I know everyone's circumstances are different. I think that if you can have the courage to put yourself in an environment um, to get through it, I think giving a kid a second chance like like myself and all my siblings is incredible. And I and to like understand that there's resources because setting aside like the shame that might come with that or um, fears at the end of the day, like I said, biological moms have a lot of rights. So you can decide to not want to know your kid, um, which is what my biological parents did. And I am so thankful to them. And if I could say anything to them and if they're listening, I don't have a desire to have a relationship with them at all because I have a really great family. I have a good mom, a great dad, great siblings because they gave me that opportunity at life and fought for me when I couldn't inside of a womb. So again, I think that I've not once made contact um, or like I've not once like talked to my biological mom. Um, I I've shared in the first podcast that I did receive a letter from my biological dad at 12, which did bring up curiosities. But as I got older, again, I think you realize, and it's not this way when you're a kid, but fortunately for me, again, because I had a good family growing up, I don't have a void that needs to be filled. So for me, it was curiosities about, oh, well, what runs in my family and where do I get my humor from? And do we not like the same foods? But there's also a lot of tests which I've taken that um, can tell you a lot about your body and your history without having to actually ask someone. And so, and most of the time, maybe families don't even know their whole story either. So medical um, tools are really powerful now. So I'm grateful that I've had the chance to explore that through those types of processes. So um yeah, again, I just think everyone's circumstances are different, which I understand. But I do think, again, if you can have the courage, have the means, the strength to put yourself in an environment to consider something like adoption, you can still stand your ground and not have to know that child 
um, but give them a chance at life. So that's my opinion on that again from my experience. Okay, so then I asked ChatGPT the difference between open and closed adoption. Okay, so closed adoption is means it says three things, limited or no contact. So in a closed adoption, there's typically no contact or very limited contact between the birth parents, the adopted child, and the adoptive parents. The identities of the birth parents are and adoptive parents may remain 100% confidential. And then confidential records, most adoptions rec- records are, or records are sealed in closed adoptions, meaning that access to identifying information about the birth parents or the adopted child is restricted. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I had a closed adoption, so that's 100% accurate um, with how it works. And then it says open adoption, continued contact, transparency, flexibility, and benefit for the adopted child. So my sister had an open adoption, um, and Aubrey came on and talked about her decision with going that route. And again, we have a full relationship with her biological family. So very different than a closed adoption. But like I said, as a biological mom, you get to decide what route you want to take. And it's great that there's those options. Okay, the next question, and this part is insane. It says, I typed in, on average, how much does adoption cost in the United States? And it says, domestic infant adoption costs anywhere from 20000 to 45000 or more. So that includes agency fees, legal fees, home study fees, birth mother expenses, and or potentially post-placement visits. International adoption can cost twenty five thousand to fifty thousand or more. Again, based on those same things, and then foster care adopting a child through the foster care system is often and typically the the less expensive way to adopt. And then many times that is subsidized by the state um, with fees for background checks and home studies. It says. So my parents have also done that. So my twin twin siblings, their process was different. They weren't legally up for adoption. So they went through foster care and we fostered them for four years and then were able to adopt them. So that was different. Okay. And then let's see what else I typed. Oh yeah. And then it was, I wanted to see, ask how many kids are in the foster care system And it said as of 2020, approximately about 424,000 children uh, in foster care in the United States. So according to the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Yeah, I feel like I actually thought that would be higher as well, which maybe it is because 2020 was a few years ago. But I just wanted to pull some of these stats and read them out loud. This is my first time talking through them and reading through them. So some of them surprise me, others don't. But I think, again, um, it's cool to research, to talk about. These are all terms that I didn't really um, learn growing up until much later. So hopefully that was interesting to talk through and provide some insight on my perspective. and. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to in this podcast continuing conversations with 
families. Um, I really want to talk to more athletes. That's one of my um, hopefully next chapters and conversations if I can, um, you know, connect with a few people because I think individuals in athletics, like it takes so much courage. Um, and I think athletics are such a privilege. And so for people that have had to like fight their way into the sport and, and get to the top through like hard work, work ethic, grit, and maybe haven't had everything handed to them very easily. I just find it so inspiring and fascinating what people can do and their mindsets with that. So I'm really hoping to break into that. I, one thing I don't think I've shared is I actually grew up running and doing dance. And I think that's where I learned a lot of discipline and courage and teamwork. And so I want, I think once you graduate or when I graduated, I felt really lost. I was like, I'm not a part of anything anymore. I'm not a part of a sport. I just work out to work out and not for a team or a greater reason or a trophy. And as an achiever with like a personality, because my Enneagram is a three wing two, which is an achiever and a giver. So if you haven't done the Enneagram, I think it is one of the most accurate tests if you take it alone without influence around you. Um, to me, like out of all of like the personality or work assessment tests that t- resonated with me the most um, and seems to be most accurate, not only with my personality, but with others. So anyways, I, after college, I was like, wow, you know, I don't really have a community around me with running or athletics and I was craving that. So on this podcast, I also want people to recognize that a, that's normal when to not have that like part of your identity anymore. Um, but B, like we can still re- reflect on it, have conversations and share stories about it that are inspiring and relatable. So that's one of the things I'm really excited to break into. And maybe we'll even do like a whole season or multiple episodes in a row of uh, just that alone with athletics and athletes. And um, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast and thanks for listening to me babble again, a hundred percent speaking from individual experiences. So by no means is this a place where we're, you know, going to judge or shame or create opinions. This is like a place where I want everybody to enter and leave the conversation feeling uplifted um, or that they can take something that they've related to. So Thank you so much for listening. I would love any feedback you have. One question I have gotten is, why am I not doing video? And a few things with that. A, this is new to me. So naturally, I do tend to be a little bit more of a private person. And I'm talking to individuals you know, in my life. So I'm not fully comfortable like sharing. I think... The whole point of it is the message that's being shared, and that's through the conversation. So that's already, um, you know, I think really vulnerable and courageous. So I don't know that I'll do video anytime soon, but perhaps as we continue to grow the podcast, that's definitely something that I have gotten feedback and questions on. And I think it is nice to put a face to a name and who's telling the story. So it's not something that I am 100% a no to. I just don't know when that will be. And again, these beginning conversations have been um, with people pretty uh, near and dear and close to me. So I think there's an element of um, privacy with that. 
because there's a lot of people that are actually listening, which I cannot believe. And I'm so excited about it. So again, thank you guys so much for just being here, listening for all the support and encouragement and feedback. And I am again, so excited for all to come, all the conversations ahead and any feedback you have, let me know, but thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait for the weeks to come. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. Bye.